It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and inside today's episode of Locked On Canadians, we have conference final predictions and lessons the Montreal Canadiens, Kent Hughes and company, can learn from the teams that are still there and what they should be avoiding from the teams that got eliminated last round, all inside today's show. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 846 of Locked on Canadians. We are your daily Montreal Canadiens podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day of the week, wherever you get your daily podcast, or on YouTube, or your SiriusXM app. You can't get rid of us that easy. You can find us in so many places. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Metlin. I'm joined, as always, by the active stick, Laura Saba. And Laura, we have a rare... Night off from hockey. Two nights off from hockey, actually, because a bunch of teams, Toronto, couldn't extend their series past five games. And we have two nights without hockey until the conference final starts. So today's show, we're going to talk predictions and everything else. But first, before we jump into that, how are we doing on this Tuesday? It got randomly chilly in Buffalo with the wind and everything else. But one of my favorite breweries from Rochester is opening downtown in Buffalo. So it's Seems like a pretty win-win situation to me right now. I It's a little bit chilly right now, to be honest, but it's fun to be able to discuss hockey with you on a night where there's no real stakes. Oh, I, I just, oh, there's real stakes for Arizona. <laughs> there's a vote going on right now that we will get into tomorrow once we find out what's going on. Uh, but you know, it just it, it feels nice to be to, to have no pressure to just kind of not, not have a schedule and just kind of talk about the playoffs and how it relates to the Habs as a whole, just, you know, kind of not casually, but we kind of came up with this idea to talk about this because there was nothing else going on. We talking about the Yoffs baby. And that means we are in the conference finals. We had a phenomenal game last night between Dallas and Seattle Dallas has played two straight banger series, one against Minnesota and one against Seattle, now coming out on top of both of them. And I guess we'll start out West for our prediction segment here. The Dallas Stars will take on the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas famously went to the Stanley Cup final in their inaugural season, have not been back since, suffered a humiliating defeat to the Dominique Ducharme-led Montreal Canadiens, LOL. Didn't make the playoffs last year. Dallas lost in, I believe it was the bubble year, to the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they got that first-year Pete DeBoer boost. I'm really looking forward to this series because Dallas is a bunch of guys who a lot of us should have been paying more attention to, a Wyatt Johnston, a Rope Hintz, uh, Radek Fox. Uh, Miro Heiskanen is just incredible. And then there's guys like Joe Pavelski defying time, but in Vegas, Jack Eichel's playoff revenge tour in full swing. I look at this series and I go, this has to go seven. And it's a toss-up. 
if Jake Ottinger's locked in, you, you swing the goaltending edge over to Dallas, but Vegas was on just another level. They had their bad games against Edmonton, but it's McDavid and Dreisaitl. It's going to be a fun series. And Laura, I'm curious of your thoughts. I'm going to go ahead and say, I think Vegas is going to get back to the cup final by the skin of their teeth. And I mean like double OT game seven, but I'm looking forward to this series. It's going to be mean. It's going to be fun. And I just, I can't wait. I never thought I'd be so excited about a Dallas stars game, especially living in a city where the Dallas stars are still cursed uh, to this day right now, 24 years later, no 30, hold on. 24 years. Anyways, I'm bad at math. 24 years later. Well, we'll go with that. I'm really bad at math. <laughs> I agree with the skin of their teeth thing. You know, game seven, double overtime, whatever. Uh, I think Dallas is going to take it, though. There's just something about this team. We've discounted it for many, many years. And this is now, you know, the third time, I would say, in about five years that I have had to eat my words on, on Dallas. I've really not paid enough attention to them. And I think we're going to talk later on in this in this episode a little bit about the lessons learned from it. I think Vegas is on a whole other level. Vegas is rolling. I, I you know, watching Jack Eichel in that last game was incredible. It was incredible. So I think that there's a lot to be said for how well they're doing and everything's rolling and everything's going their way. This is key for Vegas. Everything is going their way right now. But I just think for whatever reason, I think that Dallas has that combination of everyone clicking and hitting at the exact right moment. And so we're going on opposite sides of this. We will not make any bets on this because I quite frankly don't want to eat anything gross right now. I already have like a hat on the menu in the near future here. We're going to go out east. Florida beats Toronto four games to one in a series where Toronto never really got off the bus in any single game. We have plenty to learn from that series, and that will be coming up in our final segment. They're taking on Carolina, who minus Tavo Teravainen and Andrei Svechnikov just steamrolled their way into the conference final. I Against Toronto, you can tell that the physicality of the Florida Panthers and the way they play the game got inside Toronto's head, rattled Shelton Keefe. The difference is in this. The Hurricanes are coached by Rod Brindamore, who is good at his job. And even without his star players, he got through a very tough Islanders team and then got through the Devils team that a lot of people were thinking were going to be the surprise in the playoffs. And Carolina just fed them their lunch. They are a machine. They are not exciting all the time, but they are efficient. They are the German Autobahn of NHL teams in that they are efficient and they get the job done is I this one I think is gonna could end in five games could end in seven games I think Carolina's advancing out of this one I think this is finally their year with the caveat that their goaltending does not abandon them because if it does the Florida Panthers are very good at one thing and that is scoring goals out the wazoo if Freddie Anderson's up for it Carolina should walk into the Stanley Cup final if they're not well, the Canadians can be picking 31st or 32nd, and we just have to deal with this at that point. Well, we've seen Freddie Anderson in Toronto, so that doesn't give us a whole lot of hope. But I agree with you in terms of Carolina. I think, um, I'm sorry, I, I that was mean and, and so unnecessary. And I 
I've made fun of the Leafs like six times in this episode and we're eight minutes into recording. <laughs> Come on now. You're the nice one on this podcast. Um, but all right, let's say they get adequate goaltending. I think Carolina is just too much of a well-oiled machine at this point. Um, and we will talk about this a little bit more in the last segment, but I think that Carolina comes out in about five or six games. I don't think it, it'll be a sweep. I think Florida's really tough to play against, and we saw that with Toronto underestimating them before. And it wasn't just Toronto that underestimated them. Boston underestimated them too. But I think Carolina's a lot smarter uh, than the previous two teams. As you said, they're coached by Rod Brindamore, who's actually good at his job. So I do feel that Carolina's definitely got this, but I don't want to discount florida's potential and their good play as of late and here's the thing we've given our predictions here we want your predictions to tweet us at lo underscore canadians on twitter but also we have lessons to be learned here the montreal canadians should be watching all of this because there's things they should be learning and things they should be looking to avoid as they continue their rebuild we're going to start out west some things that each of us learned and one thing that each of us would like to avoid the for if we were the Montreal Canadiens going forward. And that's all coming up in our next segment. But first, for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. And it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. All you got to do, add your vehicle to my garage and look for the green check to know that the part will fit or your money back. And because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a championship when you have all the right parts and they are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride, y'all eBay eBay guaranteed fit only available to US customers eligible items only some exclusions may apply Gil Martin here host of the Locked On NHL podcast join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts we are back here at Lockdown Canadians. As always, we are your daily Montreal Canadiens podcast, available wherever you get your daily shows, YouTube, Spotify, wherever. Subscribe. Come see our faces. Come see us laugh. Come see us eat disgusting things. We are in the conference finals here. There are four non-traditional hockey teams left. Non-traditional in the loose sense of the word here. Teams that play all south of the border. Las Vegas is the northernmost team in this playoff series, in case you're wondering about that. We're going to start out west here, and this was Laura's idea when we were brainstorming ideas for the show. What is one thing we can learn if we were the Montreal Canadiens from the teams left in here, and what is one thing we can learn from the teams that were just eliminated in the playoffs? And I want to start with something we can that I think the Canadians can learn from here, and that's with Dallas, and it is to trust your young talent. I look at what Dallas has done. Wyatt Johnston, they've kept Rope Hints there. They've kept Roddick Foxa there. They're Miro Heiskanen has been a star there. Jake Ottinger is their goal. They're trusting young guys on the blue line like Thomas Harley. And they are building that core base of their team with good players around them. Tyler Sagan and Joe Pavelski, Max Domi, etc. But these young guys are put in roles to succeed and they are making the most of that. And if they have a struggle... 
okay, you readjust for a little bit and then you give them the opportunity to do that again. Because on the other side of the thing, if you were a young guy under the age of like 25, Vegas was like, we're trading you for this dude who is 30 because we got to win now. And that's how you end up with Nick Suzuki, captain of the Montreal Canadiens. I think trusting those young guys in your process, there will be bumps in the road. There will be scoring droughts. There will be turnovers. There will be bad games. But I look at Dallas trusting these guys. Wyatt Johnston scored the goal on a ridiculous backhand to send Dallas into the next round. That's crucial. That's key. That's important. I am really, that is what I want. If I am Kent Hughes, I'm looking at that and going, I will trust Lavkovsky to get there. I will trust Mayshar to get there. I will trust Doc and Suzuki and everyone to get there. And I think they will. They're already starting to do that as we speak. But I think that is, out of the Western Conference, one of the biggest things that I'm picking up on. Right. And that's the thing, because I feel like there's also a little bit of less pressure, right? Because Dallas is like, we're young. We're going to throw it out there and see what happens. And when you put that kind of faith in your youngsters, anything can happen. So the 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 lack of expectations, or I guess the uh, the lack of pressure in terms of like, you know, this is a team... Imagine they like traded for a bunch of deadline uh, rentals that are that are meant to propel them through the playoffs. They didn't do that. They're just like, all right, get out there and do your best and see what happens. Like, just be your best. Right. Like they tried their absolute best to put everybody in a position that succeeds. And I just I, I think the, the lack of expectations is a huge one because for some teams it puts a chip on their shoulder, like Florida. We'll talk about that later, but for some teams, it's just, you know, get out there, play free, have fun and really, really just come into your own. And they're just doing it so well. I do feel that there's just a lot to be said for that. When you're a couple years away from being expected to contend, I don't know why I can't talk today expected to contend and you just you overachieve by default you under promise over deliver and the, here's the thing is i and the flip the switch here the two teams that were eliminated the edmonton oilers and the seattle kraken eliminated in two different ways seattle went seven games fought tooth and nail right to the end as a team that was probably not expected to make this hard. them making the playoffs was a huge first step and they nearly made the conference final in their second year in existence after being, quite frankly, terrible last year. And the Oilers, again, just fell apart. When it counted the most, it wasn't McDavid and Dreisaitl. They were incredible. And we will talk about this with Toronto, too. You need so much more than just two good players. And I good is underselling McDavid and Dreisaitl by several margins, and I understand that. But I look at the Oilers and I go, Evander Kane was terrible in that series. Stuart Skinner, despite being a very good goalie in the regular season, was not good for them. Darnell Nurse was not great. They did not trust Philip Roberg to play there. Brett Kulak was their best defenseman, which no Canadians fan is surprised by in this. But the depth of the Oilers, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, disappeared after a 100-point season. The depth wasn't there. And for Seattle, I look at this and I go, special teams matter. If their power play is functioning, they probably win that series against Dallas. And now what have we often talked about with the Montreal Canadiens? Why is the power play suck? Well, it does right now. If you were Kent Hughes and you're looking at this, yes, you need star power. If they were to say, we want to put Connor McDavid in this Montreal Canadiens lineup, I will go, I will drive to Alberta myself, 
through the wildfires, pick him up and drive him to Montreal myself. It's a long time in a car with me, and I realize it's probably terrible, but I would do that. But you have to surround your star players with competent depth. You can't just hope, I hope this guy can hold his own. If you surround them with competent depth in some way, shape, or form, they will. They should make the Stanley Cup final every year with how good McDavid and Dreisaitl were this year. And a healthy McDavid and Dreisaitl. Ekholm, great ad. But when Kane and Nugent Hopkins went missing, there was no one else behind their two-star players. And it just, it's a death knell. You're never going to get through it if you can't make up for that depth. Whereas Vegas just kept rolling their lines and kept getting goals. Matias Yanmark, Jonathan Marcheseau, all these guys continue to score that because they have the depth to do that. And that's exactly it. I think the thing with Vegas is that we talked a lot before about how they're, they emphasize so much 200 foot players, 200 foot players, two way players, but that, you know, then they go and do a bold thing, like get a big star, right? They do tend to take big risks with their future cap situation. And I know a lot of people have like made fun of them, including myself for that. But the thing is, if you are bold in the right ways, you do end up, having success in in the postseason and Vegas has really 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 taken being bold to an extreme and I you know what I I don't hate it I I I used to I used to resent them for it I used to think that that's not a good way to do business but sometimes you got to make some bold moves and you got to make sure that you've got players on your roster that you can constantly roll like Scott said as for I think for Seattle that I, th- I think that lesson from special teams, like the Canadians really, really, really need to take it to heart. We talked about Edmonton. We talked about Toronto. It's so important to have goaltending, defense, and depth. You can't just have star forwards. Goaltending, defensive, defense, and depth. You need to have that. You need to have at least competent that. If you have superstars, you need to have at least competent that. And then you'll be okay. And we saw this in Montreal with Carey Price. Carey Price was a superstar. The rest of the lineup, there were good pieces. There was not always competent depth with that, and it sunk the prime of Carey Price's career, to be quite honest, and also devastating knee injuries. However, we are going to shift to the Eastern Conference, to teams we know and loathe. We're going to talk Carolina and Florida, what we can learn from that, and what we should avoid if we are Toronto and New Jersey. And goaltending will pay a part in this, and that's all coming up next. But first, we have a new Really, really fun sponsor for y'all here at Locked On Canadians. And guess what? It's summertime. You want shorts that fit, they're comfortable, and they are versatile. And let me tell you, Bird Dogs is doing that for me right now. I got my pair, well, two pairs this week in the mail. Got a pair of real nice, you know, all-purpose shorts. When I go to take the dog out, throw my wallet, throw my keys, throw my phone in there, and they are nice, comfortable, easy to go walk for 45 minutes in, keep me nice and cool, and then I got a really nice pair of golf shorts. We're going wine tasting in a couple of weekends. I can sit there and drink all the rosé I want in comfort with bird dogs. You're outside grilling. You want to be comfortable. You're at a family function. You want to be comfortable, and you want to look good. Go give bird dogs a shot right now. And go to birddogs.com slash NHL. And when you enter promo code LOCKDOWNNHL, that's all caps, they're going to throw in a free custom Bird Dogs tumbler. It's great. Keeps everything cold. So when you were sitting out there by the grill, by the campfire, in comfort, in your Bird Dogs, go check it out. That is birddogs.com slash NHL. 
Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We are back here at Locked On Canadians. Now is the part of the show where we get to be just a little bit more hater, like 17% more hater or 67% more hater if that is your style. We are in the East, and we're going to start with the Carolina-New Jersey Devils series and what we can learn and what you know, uh, what we can avoid. And the biggest thing here is for New Jersey, get competent goaltending. And the Canadians are kind of aware of that, I'm pretty sure, at this point, is that we don't know what Jake Allen is long-term. We don't know what Samuel Montembeau will be next year. The Devils got sunk by goaltending, and they are probably bringing back their coach who did not make adjustments to Rod Brindamore's game. Lindy Ruff got out coached, just like Sheldon Keefe got out coached. And they're thinking of bringing Lindy Ruff back. And if you can't see that that is the problem, you have the wrong people in charge. You have to cut ties when the time is right. New Jersey's in a window where they should be in the playoffs and being a contender every year. I don't think Vitek Vanacek is going to be as bad as he was in the playoffs. And Akira Schmid coming in was a was found money, basically. If your coach is the one hamstringing you on that, you have to cut ties. You do not have to sit there and accept mediocrity or, well, we won a round. We got to the second round. Expect more. Demand more from your coach. And if you're the Canadians, we talked about this in lessons learned from the Toronto series there a little bit. If Martin St. Louis cannot get them over that next hill, whether that be into the playoffs, advancing in the playoffs, even if you know you have sentimental ties to this person and all the good they did, you got to cut ties at some point. And if I'm looking at what Carolina did, they built just a really smart team. They listened to the stats people and they built a smart team. Every one of the moves hasn't worked out, no. But I look at the way they've built this team and the system they have ingrained there and it just works. Trusting the process is a real thing, not just a meme to make fun of Philadelphia 76ers fans. Trusting the process is a very real thing when it's done properly. Right. And that's that's a big thing is that they were made fun of a lot because they couldn't get past the first or second round, even though they were, quote, unquote, the smart team. And they do tend to do things like buy low. And there are a lot of moves that they haven't worked out or that I've criticized a lot in the past, like, why did they why did they get Tony D'Angelo? That was a completely unnecessary move, right? But and also we can talk about the Kotkaniemi thing because no matter how well Kotkaniemi does or not doesn't do, that was an overpay for him when he signed that offer sheet. Like that that is like unequivocally a fact. That was an overpay for a player like that at that stage in his career. Um, and you know, they might be able to turn him into a great player. Uh, and, and, you know, he is showing a lot of promise in the last couple of years. I, I, I don't want to discount that. I'm just saying that, you know, other than that, they've made a lot of smart moves and they've gotten criticized for not being as dramatic or flashy or moving or advancing as fast as people think. But they just stayed the course. They didn't listen to all that noise. The same thing with Rod Brindamore. You know, there was a lot of noise about him, too. They didn't listen to any of the noise. They stayed the course. They didn't overreact. They didn't overcorrect. Like there were some minor corrections that didn't pan out. So for the most part, I think the lesson there is to continue to have faith in whatever your philosophy is. You can't just be, 
you can adjust as time goes on, but you can't be overcorrecting and overreacting. And that's something that I definitely feel that Toronto has done. Um, in terms of the New Jersey Devils, I will say that, you know, when you have a regular season like they did, it's not always just flukes. Like we talked about their win streak. And yeah, there's a lot of luck involved in a win streak. Uh, they made the playoffs and they did make a lot of noise in the first round. Like you said, the goaltending is 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 a big is a big miss or was a big miss. But also in terms of the coaching, we talked the other day. It was the day before yesterday about what the Canadians could learn from the Leafs. Whether or not Martin Saint Louis is the right guy, at somewhere on your coaching roster, you need to have somebody that is good at tactics, good at strategy. You can't just have a motivator. You can't just have someone that's good at one thing or a few things. Whether or not the players will run through a wall for you or not is irrelevant. At some point, when you are that far in the playoffs, like a run through a wall guy will get you on a fluke run, will get you on a Cinderella run. And then what happens at the end of the Cinderella run? You lose in the Stanley Cup finals. But if you have somebody that is a master tactician and they can outcoach who, whoever their opponent is, you've got a much better shot. So I think that's a big lesson from New Jersey as well. And that's obviously, I know we're going to talk about Toronto in a second. That's also my lesson for Toronto is that we talked previously about all the things that we could learn from them, but you really need a coach that can out coach other people. There is, and we are going to move on to Toronto and Florida and Florida knows. I, I actually don't know what lesson to take from Florida here because one, they got away with a lot of crap. I do. Yes, you are. What's that? You have to have your right players peak at the right time. <laughs> that is a very good point. And that's actually kind of relates into the Toronto point here because I look at Florida and I go, they, by all measures, t Toronto beat the crap out of them and Florida won. Sometimes that's the way it goes. It was in the Montreal series. Toronto beat the crap out of Montreal and Montreal won because sometimes you peak at the right time and you get lucky. And you know what? What am I going to say? I, I'm not coaching in the Stanley Cup playoffs, but if you get lucky, you get lucky. The Canadians 2021 Cup run was a lot of luck. Do I care? No. Am I going to rub it in the face of everyone else because it's the last team to go to a Stanley Cup final? You betcha, partner. I, I look at Toronto here and I go, this is a team that is a regular season juggernaut when the rules are called in a certain way. And this is not the officials cost in that series. Sheldon Keefe being a miserable coach and just their goaltending and letting them down at the wrong time is where things went. They went terribly wrong. Like we said, they were lucky to probably get out of the Tampa series with a win because Andre Vasilevsky was human for the first time in what? Seven or eight years at that point, you have to figure out how to get your best players to perform. William Nylander and Morgan Riley were incredible in these playoffs. We haven't said that about Morgan Riley a lot in the playoffs. He and, and um, sorry, and William Nylander should be enough to help get you going forward there to open up that space for Austin Matthews, ghost. Mitch Marner, ghost. John Tavares, fine. When your best players, the names that we're hearing a lot are David Camp, Sam Lafferty, uh, Noel Achari. You need to be better than that. And you need a coach who is not, does not have a giant blinding Justin Hall spot. Justin Hall is not the reason they lost that series, but he is just one more cog in that wheel. 
that I look at this and go, you are Ken Hughes, you're looking at Martin St. Louis, and you are in the playoffs, and Joel Edmondson is out there just absolutely getting beat up on and making mistakes. And then further down the lineup, you've got, let's say, Jordan Harris or Jonathan Kovacevic playing less minutes but making right decisions. You have to trust that your coach will go, enough. We need to win. This is not personal. This is a business-related decision. Sheldon Keefe could not do that. And the Leafs stars did not show up when they needed them. uh, Nathan, in our Eyes on the Price Slack, was looking through some playoff stuff. Mitch Marner shoots from the perimeter a lot. He shot even further out from that in the playoffs. You're not going to score goals that way. And from that Toronto series, you need your stars to show up. And if they don't, you better have damn good depth to make up for it. And guess what? Because they're paying those stars all that money, which we talked about before, your depth is David Kampf and Sam Lafferty. It is not, you know, I don't know. Let's look at Tampa Bay where you had Nick Paul that one year or Tanner Janot going forward and everything else. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it, it just it playing wasn't on enough. the third line at some point? Oh, my God. I, Nick, I was going to say they had Nick Paul. They had... Braden Point was down the line. Yeah, Tampa Braden Bay Point, had a lot. Braden of Point good... was playing playing on their third line. I mean, he was playing everywhere. I just assume because that's who he is as a person. But like competent, and we talked about this. Moment, competent depth wins, right? And that's the thing. It really is awesome. because if you have competent depth, a team like Florida, who not only did they peak at the right time, but they did very much what the Canadians did, which was they were tough to play against, and they capitalized on opportunities. And if you have a weak depth. There are more opportunities, more mistakes for your opponents to, to capitalize on. And that's a big thing. You need your depth to be reliable, not just offensively, but defensively as well. They need to be able to contribute to the scoring because that dries up in the playoffs a lot. Um, and you need them to be able to contribute to your defense and to be able to contribute to your transitional game. That's also incredibly important. You want your depth players skating circles around their depth players. And we will wrap on that one there. We'd love to hear what lessons you've learned from the playoffs thus far, not counting officiating because we know officiating is bad in the NHL and George Peros is bad at his job. And I don't have the voice to yell about that today or tomorrow or the day after that because my allergies are absolutely killing me. We will be back. We will discuss the Arizona Coyotes uh, arena vote that will be done tonight we will go over that tomorrow what that might mean for the future of that franchise and what it means for the nhl and so much more we will come up with plenty for you in our off-season content calendar here as always you can follow us on twitter at lo underscore canadians follow laura at the active stick follow myself at scott mella subscribe wherever you get your daily podcasts remember we are every day part of the lockdown podcast network And make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. Ring the bell. We've got a very fun live show idea coming up in the near future. We just got to nail down a time with our guest. You're really going to want to be here for that, especially if the draft is your thing. Folks, we are signing off, and we will see you all next time. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.